What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. This is KGB. What up, EFN? Yo, and this is Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhood's Podcast. Booyah. What's guys. up, guys? <laughs> guys. <laughs> smoother and smoother. Yo, our rookie shit needs to stop. <laughs> I don't know why, the, I don't know why it makes rookie. it laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, we just stop. We get through one phase and then we pause. Yeah. Uh, how, how's the week been, y'all? Not too bad, man. How's the weather on your guys' end? I heard it's really cold in uh in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's been it, yeah. I mean, cold relatively speaking for here, but yeah, it's been it's been cold, but it's all right. A little change of pace never hurt. Somebody told me that it was, uh, I think they said snow. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's hail. No, they actually, I uh, I saw a picture the other day. It snowed in Vegas. So there was snow blanketing everything in different parts of Cali. um, Yeah, global colding kit. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's what Trump would say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When when Miami gets some snow, then we got to hit the alarm. The the funny thing is, and it has nothing to do with what you're saying, is that... uh, (laughs) Oh great! <laughs> Dad, so, so for our listeners, you know we're on Skype and we could see each other, and man, he's wearing the infamous <laughs> R. Kelly jacket. Whoa, oh, son! Man. That's the jacket that R. Kelly was like arrested in or something. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't. Even, yo, I've been paying zero attention to all of that. If I knew that, I would have burnt the shit. Oh. Yo, Faramunch, he um. He retired that jacket when he saw the R. Kelly shit. <laughs> Yo, that's it, kid. I'm going to have to now. I got to look. Th- I don't know, B. You be making shit up. So I nah, got to check. Dude. Come on, man. Making you know you be up. with the drunk facts. I mean, drunk facts are facts. Look, this is <laughs> this is from Pharaoh's uh, post of the jacket. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's exactly the jacket nah, you have. Nah, look at my sleeve. Look at my sleeve. Yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Same color, same little poofiness. All right. So, Talking about R. Kelly. No, let's not do that. About R. Kelly. I'm just saying, segueing into stuff like that. Okay. Um, I was telling you guys last week uh, about this film that, that's been buzzing called Abducted in Plain Sight. Mm. Right? It's crazy, man. And I and you guys haven't seen it, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. No. It's a documentary. It's on Netflix right now. And it's it's an absurd movie about these parents. I think they have three daughters. I forget where they live. They live like somewhere in middle America, white family, white American suburban family. And uh, I think they're Mormon. And so they have a new, new family moves into the neighborhood. They're a part of their church. Uh, They have, you know, it's a family with kids, whatever. And then the dude like gets really close to the family, befriends them, get really, really close. And then he, you know, as the documentary develops, he, he becomes obsessed with one of the daughters. It's like, Oh, man, maybe she's 10 years old or eight years old when he starts to when they start talking about when he's around. And um, long story short, man, this guy, he was able to, like, manipulate this family and get so close to them that he basically was molesting the daughter and like right under their noses to the point where um, he told them one time that he was and I'm, you know, I'm spoiler alert, but uh, he told them. One time that he he had like an, a problem, uh, some something that he had been molested when he was a kid, and part of his therapy that the that the doctors told him was that he needed to be around other children. So he asked them, "Do you mind if I'm around your children?" And they allowed him four nights a week for two what? years. Yo, son, I'm getting for, really hot right so now. So first off, that <laughs> as soon as they said that to me, they're yeah. out of here. Yo, tell me, and it's. To also put it in perspective, not that it matters, but it's like the 70s, right? Right. So it's like this family is probably in this like ultimate like naive bubble, you know, 
which still, I'm sorry, still doesn't make sense. But he, the guy was able to sleep in the daughter's room four nights a week for two years. Wow. Later she came out that he was molesting her during that whole time. Then he ended up kidnapping her at one point by telling the mom, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take her. I'm going to take her. What the hell was that? That was the aliens, bro. So he he was able to take her to um to Mexico. He took her. To, he kidnapped her to Mexico. What? Married her in Mexico, and then whatever. And then they got the FBI involved at this point and all this stuff. But he what he did is he ended up having an affair with the mom. And I'm throwing it out of sync in terms of timeline. He had an affair with the mom, and then did some freaky stuff with the dad. <laughs> nah, baby, come on. <laughs> This was on purpose so that he can use that against them so that he got them to sign a letter saying that they gave him permission to take the daughter to Mexico and that they wouldn't press charges and whatnot. So so when he came back from Mexico, the FBI was furious that they signed this. And then, again, the guy ended up kidnapping the girl again. And this, this ordeal happened for, like, I don't know, maybe five years or something like that. Where he he abducted the girl again, and then she woke up. He would drug her and made her think that aliens, that she was an alien, half alien, and the aliens were instructing her she needed to, in order to save the her alien planet and the Earth, she needed to procreate procreate with the first male that she saw when she woke. And then when she woke, of course, she saw the dude. Come on, brainwashed that she had to have sex with the guy at that point, and that she couldn't talk about. To anybody because they would like kill people or whatever. It's just the whole thing. You're just saying to yourself, what kind of parents, you know, would could be this naive? And then on top of that, that once it did happen, and that he was holding stuff over their heads, you know, like because the FBI was like, man, this could have ended when the guy took her to Mexico. Yeah, he locked up for 20, 25 years, but the parents got you know caught up in that whole thing and then they were embarrassed so they end up signing that letter and then then the guy was able to kidnap her again and then when he kidnapped her again the parents were so embarrassed about the that this would come out again in the news locally that she's been kidnapped again that they didn't even say call the fbi for like a week or two so just goes back it goes back to the saying of not everyone should be a parent (laughs) i mean you gotta watch it dude like when the when the pop the po- you know, it's because cr- this my, is Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. My my boy, uh, one of the actually one of the coaches at the gym that I go to, he was like, "Yo, you gotta watch this. It's crazy when the pops talks about messing with the guy, you know." And, and the the pops, you kind of feel bad for the pops because he's like an old man now. Yeah, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, he told me he wanted to, he needed to be relieved, so you know." Oh man! And he like jerked the dude off or some crazy shit. And, like, <laughs> And then on the other hand, you have the mom talking about, like, after the first time that she had an affair with the dude, but after the first time the the girl got kidnapped, the dude called the mom over to meet him and was, like, apologizing for everything and then was seduced her in that moment again. And then she was, like, you see the mom and she's, like, got this weird freakish smile, like, yeah, it was just one of the best, most exciting times in my life. It's like, you dumb. after. She's, She's talking to, she's recounting and saying that? Yeah, and this is now. She's she's looking back at that time like it was exciting, and then you, then they have the daughter that's like in her forties now, who's talking about it, and she's like, you could tell she's all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. She basically said she had probably got raped or molested over two hundred times. Oh, and it's, my God. remember wow. that she was convinced she needed to have sex with the dude mm-hmm. to to save the alien planet or whatever. So the moral of the story is, uh, again, don't. I don't know what is the moral besides don't run it's when you that motherfucker's yeah. ass. That's the moral. Yeah, I don't know, man. The moral, I don't. There's a lot of fucked up morals in that story. <laughs> yeah, I was I was quickly googling as you were speaking, and uh, so they it was from Idaho, is where where the family was from. But yeah, I. Only because you're telling me, do I believe that this actually happened? Listen, I had seen the trailer a while back, and me and my girl didn't pay attention. And then the coach in the gym was telling me about it, and he's just like, "Look, man, you have to watch it because your your mind will explode at how naive and dumb these people are." Ah, man. 
And then the FBI agent in the film is just like, he's like fucking idiots, man. Like these yeah. fucking people are idiots. Gotta be, gotta keep your kids close. And then, and then you got the two siblings who didn't, nothing happened to them. And they're conflicted because they're like, we had, you know what? My parents were great and, and, and I had a great life. Because they weren't the ones that yeah. were subjected to this, you know? So so going on that in terms of keeping your kids close, I guess it's kind of related. Um, like there's this term helicopter parenting. You guys heard, heard of that yeah. term thrown yep. around? Yep. So, I mean, Not really, but I, I can I, contextually piece it together. Yeah, I mean basically just being – you know, you're you're hovering, ever yeah, ever present, hovering around the kids all the time, and just kind of in the mix all the time. I mean, what do you guys make of that? I mean, I, I definitely see myself doing a lot of that, and you know, you read all kinds of things like, oh, it's good, it's bad, it's whatever. Um, but it's like, man, I just I really don't necessarily want to let my kid out of my sight all that much, especially you know, seeing movies like that and just knowing that there's all kinds of bad shit lurking around every corner you know what do you guys think about that term or that method um, i think that probably when when you have a when you're an only child or you have one child that's probably going to be more prevalent i would assume because you're just always worried but if you if they have a sibling you know i don't know i mean obviously it depends on the ages but you feel more comfortable that they're with somebody but yeah no i'm worried about it i and I and I feel like you have to balance it. Like I'm, I want to like make sure my daughter's safe, or, or or even like when we walk away and she's sitting in the high chair and she's not strapped in, you're just like you're like ready to like sprint back over. You you know like walking just barely with her in your sight. Like uh, I'm ready to go back. But it's yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's good or bad. It's just I'm sure it's just balancing where you're just not that overprotective because i think that if you're like that from the beginning you're going to be like that for when they're older probably and maybe that's where it gets weird or annoying or do you e in your case do i mean i'm assuming you guys if if there's ever a period when you're going to be a helicopter parent it's probably now at right. this stage of, of her life or kid's right. life you know the six to six months to maybe two years or three years something like that do you are you guys i mean i'm assuming right you're like all over her making sure she's not bumping into things like that to me is normal like i, I don't yeah. foresee that to be because you just said if you're that, like that from the beginning you're likely going to be like that throughout the life of the child in my case again and, and i'm i'm the call it the example of what you just said which is like if you have multiple kids right in my case i did find the more kids i have the less helicopterish I become, even at the earlier ages. So where that struggle, I think, hits like you know the the biggest tipping point is around the, the approaching the teenage years when they're trying to break away with their friends and do things with their friends. Uh, we well, I I allow her to go do her thing, and the reason is again we I think throughout her life, uh, and I'm speaking about my my now 12 year old, throughout her life we've done little things here and there to kind of test to see what her reaction might be or put her in uncomfortable situations to see what her, her normal reaction would be and then kind of fine tune from there. So look, like, like I said, I think last episode or two episodes ago, you can't account for everything, but if you kind of start to massage different scenarios and see how you can fine tune them, I think you're preparing them for the, the, the greater difficulties of the world. But at the end of the day, like, especially my kids, and I, and I would say many kids are like this, they don't necessarily listen. They don't learn from what you say, right? Experience tends to be the best teacher, like in everything. Right. And so I, you know, my kids, they got to bust their ass in order to learn not to do something. Like that's just the nature of them. Even though they heard me a hundred times, they'll come back bleeding and be like, yeah, Dad, I know. I should have blah, blah. I fucked up. And, and then just keep it pushing. So for me, it's you, you kind of, I, I think it's a detriment. Helicoptering to me in the long run becomes a detriment. You got to find how to ease off that shit. I, I guess the worry would always be is it's a detriment until the, un, you know, like the worst can happen. 
And that's what I guess is the worry. Like, you'll be like, I want my kid to fall. I want my kid to, to you know, sometimes learn the hard way. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, you took your eye off for one minute and that kid runs in the street and gets hit by a car. Yeah. Or you took your eye for one minute and they fell off the side of a of a, of a of a chair onto a tile floor and hit their and, and busted their head. Yeah. That's what you're worried about the worst. And I, and you know, and that's why I think when you have, you know how they say when you have uh, your first kid, you're going to be all like psycho about it. But you know, and even the, the, the nurses at, at our pediatrician told us, they're like, but once you have your second, you're like, ah, and if you have your third, you're like, ah, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. I understand that that's probably what would happen. But right now, especially Myself and my girls, first-time parents, we're just like you look at the baby like this precious little thing that you know is fragile, and and yes, yeah, it's, it's I don't know I, I want to say to be balanced, but it's difficult. It is. I guess they say the the like the pros on helicoptering, and and again, this is all thinking in terms of balance as well. I mean, I always right. look at everything from a balance standpoint. Like, I know that I can't be every single place every single time and that right. kind of thing. But, you know, if I'm able to, you know, uh, prevent a situation from happening that might not be the best, then I'll try to do that. Um, I think what they say is that just by being there and being, again, being present with with a kid – just helps kind of strengthen their confidence. Um, when you're overbearing, then I then that becomes limiting for them in terms of just being able to learn how to be independent and think on their own. And and like with my son, he oftentimes has to learn the hard way. Like 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 your kids, Manny. Like I'll tell him a hundred times, and you know, I just got to do things his way and <laughs> figure it out. But but it's it's an it's an interesting thing because like. There's there's moments where, you know, what you said is true, Kay. Like, they look to you for confidence and, you know, when you're present, that's sufficient for them to just, you know, glance. For instance, my son's doing Taekwondo. I I just, that's why I was late to the pod today. I'm there just watching him do his thing and then he'll peek over every now and again. And I'll see, you know, his chest puffs up a little bit. Like, you know, he, he gets a little bit more confident. And that's great. But then there's moments where they might tell you, yo, I'm good. Like, leave me alone. And in some cases, that's probably the thing to do. But then your instinct kind of plays into it a little bit. And then you, you'll you be able to tell, all right, yeah, this is probably the moment where I can let him do his thing and, you know, let it, let it, let him learn on his own. Or, nah, there's other shit that he don't see that I really got to be around just to make sure, you know, shit doesn't go crazy. And that, I think, just comes from parental experience. How well do you vet, like when, and I don't know if your kids do, but if they go to other people's houses and go on play dates and stuff like that, how well do you vet the other parents in the situation? Do you, does your wife or you go with, with them and hang out or do you let them be unattended or with the other parents? I, I got to admit, we don't do a great job. Um, we, I feel like we're good enough as far as reading people yeah. and we don't, we don't just say yes to the first thing or, you know, we got to definitely meet the parents, uh, and get to know them a little bit. And then after that, we, you know, we do the drop offs. We don't really let nobody, she, she definitely doesn't stay. None of our kids stay over. Right. Night, yeah. yeah. We talked about that. Definitely. Right. But we don't like, we could do a better job is how I feel. Hmm. Yeah. How about you? What, how do you how do you go about it? Um, we really haven't. I mean, we definitely it's same kind of thing. We got to meet everyone. Oftentimes, if they're talking about wanting to go to someone's house, we we want to go to the house also and see. We haven't really done too many unattended get-togethers. One of us is usually with them. Our only new exception has been he met some kids across the street in our neighborhood, um, like right across the street from our spot. And they've been inviting him over um, to play basketball after school. And we've been letting him go over there. We'll walk him across the street and let him hang out in their yard simply because they're right across the street and we can actually hear him. (laughs) So, like, we're looking out the window and listening to see if we can hear him and everything. I mean, the parents seem nice and all that good stuff, but it's just like, you know, everyone can seem nice. Um, Right. So I think that's, like, for us, that's our – little steps of all right you know we're gonna let him 
kind of do his thing without us there and have a little trust. But if anything kind of went haywire, we could get there quickly. So it's our baby steps. I always, you know, I, I struggle with that because I compare it, and I'm sure you guys think about it the same way. I compare it to when we grew up. Yeah. Right? Like, especially you guys being latchkey kids, like, there was very little, you know. Just, just, dude, I was all just, over You, you just place. go and do, man. <laughs> you just do your thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's but, but, it. but mind you, but mind you, I, thinking about myself, and I'm sure Kay could probably say the same, kind of scares me even more because I was doing some wild things as a little kid. I mean, yeah. I was I, I had a, a phase where I was uh, a little pyro, and how I, I was lighting gar- the, the garbage bins on fire. Like the you know I lived in an apartment complex, and they had these big you know the big garbage bins, and I, I lit I light them on fire, and I could have brought down a whole. I mean the fire trucks came a couple times, you know, and I, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, man. Yeah, you know, I was this little military was on- nut kid. I was out on stealing binges. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was hit the stealing. Stealers off, I, was, I, I hope my mom never has to hear this. You know, I, I had a BB gun and I was I was oh, I was trying to trap parrots to sell them to pet shops because oh, in here in Miami we had like yeah. parrots. So I had this whole like contraption, like shoot them with a BB gun in, in the in the wing, but make sure you don't hurt them too much. I don't know, it was crazy, and I would go to the pet shop and be like, "This this parrots." Been shot, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've, you know, all kinds of crazy things that I was up to, and that was me being out. And mind you, my mom would tell me, even though you know I was latchkey, I wasn't allowed to be out past uh, sundown. Yeah, you but know, you I still did. I mean, I, I pushed it. You know, oh okay, I pushed it, but I usually came, tried to come because if she ever did pop up, you know, the chancleta came out. I was usually home at night, but just because I. I mean, I could have gone out because my mom did a lot of work at night. So, um, but I wasn't going anywhere. I stayed at the crew. But I mean, the lessons that were learned, right? Like, you know, I, th- I feel like kids lack a lot of, you know, street smarts. Right? Yeah, we still call yeah. that. Like these days, there's a lack of that across the board. Unless you know you're in urban settings, you don't see that very often. And I, I owe a lot of gratitude toward the the lumps and bumps and shit that i got growing up because right. you know while while they were mistakes and shit could have went sideways real quickly i'm a lot better for it and i can foresee certain scenarios now because i was in them right absolutely so like that's that's the conflict for me it's like i get it you want to put your kids as close to you know perfect perfectly safe as possible but sometimes i feel like that street element does help yeah in, they need a little mold. bit of that but we also have to i mean we all know we live in a different time and everything, you know, when we were growing up, things moved slower. Um, this is such right. a, a rapid pace society we live in now. So things escalate so much quickly. Um, and, and and isn't the saying also that we don't want our kids to have to go through the same things we did? Like, like the reason why we were latchkey kids is what we don't want for our kids now. Right. Yeah. You know, or, or you know. But then, I don't know. Yeah, but then and then we but we also have to balance it with giving them some street smarts and not you know letting them be spoiled. So it's just back to balance, basically. Oh, I got a great business idea. Sort of <laughs> street academy for kids. Street smarts. <laughs> street talk, street, like, street or garden. We didn't talk about this. I feel like we, you we, mentioned this before. Yeah, we had another we had another uh, business idea like this <laughs> on a on a previous episode. <laughs> Was it like this? <laughs> Some, I, it wasn't street smarts, but it was something street out of kindergarten. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like creating, uh, creating scenarios or something like that for kids to work through. It's like a maze, so, but it has yeah. like, like the drug dealer drug dealer crops out on you, the molester guy that you have to avoid. You know, the the, the peer pressure gang kids right. or whatever. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, check it out, fellas. We're gonna do something different today. Oh, we're gonna really? have a get. We're gonna have a guest, but instead of having a dad on, we're gonna have a mom on. Yeah. Going to get a mother's perspective on things today. She needs to shut us down because we probably have all the wrong ideas. Right. So let's let's make this happen. Let's do it. Cool. Um, so with us today, we've got author. Uh, I'm still going to call you a rapper, Angie, even though I know I know you hung up the oh. mic. And uh, <laughs> and the undeniable voice of New York radio, Miss Angie Martinez. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> New York Times 
best-selling author. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a nice ring to it. Wait, wait, wait. Was, was that for both books? Or was that my voice primarily? Uh, no, my voice was a bestseller. I only did two books. I did that, and before that I had done a cookbook. But the cookbook, the cookbook was a passion project, and it sold as a passion project. Whereas, <laughs> I mean, my voice was like, you know, I really, I mean, I put my whole heart out. That was a whole different type of project. But, yeah, it was just my voice. That was. I mean, don't but, say it like it was. It was not a big deal. Like that. That book was dope. I. I don't typically read you, man. a lot of these books, but as soon as I saw you come out, I mean, you. You kind of played one of those soundtrack to life type of roles in my world. So that. That was nice to kind of, you know, put it all together with that book. So thanks for that masterpiece. Man, thank you so much. That's like my my pride and joy. I feel like you know, right now. I mean, I would like to make another pride and joy again soon. I mean, that's always the goal, right? To make things or contribute things that you feel super passionate about. But that book, I it's like, you ever do a project and you're like, in your mind it looks one way and then you do it and it doesn't quite meet the expectations. I feel like that book, I just, I kept pouring into it till I felt so good about putting it in the world. And, and and then the way people reacted to it, it's just my favorite thing. Like, I literally would stop, people would stop me in the street and be like, oh, I read your book. I would stop and have a full conversation because I want to know what they connected to, what they cared about. Like, it's just, it's, you know, it's a soft spot for me. So, so anybody's ever trying to, like, you know what I mean, have a conversation, if you start with my book, we're talking for a long time. <laughs> like, it's just, that's, that's how it goes. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. So, so Kay, yeah, uh, let me let me throw it to Kay because I think we got some questions we want to start off you uh, start you off with, and then we're gonna flow into okay. this course. Nah, real, 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 okay, real, cool. real easy questions. I mean, um, we're all fathers. I have a son. He's got a daughter. Manny's Congratulations, got, Manny! Thank, thank you, you. Manny's <laughs> Manny's got three yeah. kids. He's he's the OG dad here. So <laughs> he's got... repping for the Dominicans. Ya tu sabes. Putting it down, I see. Okay. And um, yeah. so what's what's your family dynamic? Without getting too much into your business, but just trying to f- figure out, you know, what how many how many kids you well, have? What's your what's your dynamic here? I have like a, my dynamic is actually kind of crazy. I have one son that I, you know, gave birth to, and he's my son, and he's fifteen. Um, but then, you know, I'm in a long term relationship with somebody who has a thirteen year old who has become my second son. Um, my bonus son, and then I also have, so pay attention guys, this is a little complicated, but my son's father had another, has another child, and I became so close with that, uh, boy's mother, that when she remarried and had other kids, she wound up making me the god children to all her kids. Oh, wow. So I have, I have four godsons that one of them is actually my son's biological brother, um, who's also not my godson. And I, those boys are like, uh, they're my children too. <laughs> I, I don't love, I love them like I, I, like I gave birth to them. So I literally, I have six boys in my life. One of them who's my son, one of them who's my bonus. And then I have these four boys that are kind of like my bonus kids too. And, and I have eight godchildren. Wow. <laughs> so wow. You know, <laughs> You're a favored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's what I don't want. Nobody can, nobody can ask me. I'm, I'm not doing any more guys. When you started talking about bundle of joy a little while ago, I was thought you were going to break some crazy news right now. But <laughs> I, I realized that, that was. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done with that portion of the program. <laughs> now, did you. Did pregnancy, you... Was not my, pregnancy was not my favorite thing. I love being a mother and I love all the kids in my life, but like, I hated being pregnant. Like I had this, I, when it was happening, I was like, "I'm never doing this again." Yeah, I know that's a weird thing because a lot of mothers are like, "Oh, it's the most joyous." It's not the most for me. It wasn't the most joyous thing. <laughs> you sound you sound like my wife, but I conned her into two more kids after that feeling. So I, I think I'm. Wow, done. she's a she's a G for that. She's, yeah, no, no, she is. <laughs> well, he's a good con man, <laughs> right? <laughs> one, one of the two. Does your does your biological son feel any kind of way with all with just any jealousy or anything with the other kids? No, he loves them. He loves them. That's I mean, cool. You know, he's my boy. He knows that. Yeah. He's my kid, and I'm his mom, and we have a very like you know um, extended blended family. Um, but that doesn't you know that doesn't take anything from him, and and um, and you know he loves it. We have great you know Thanksgivings, Easter's, all fun. Like they're all there. And, 
you know, we um, we all celebrate together, holidays, we go on trips together, and it's just more fun for him. I mean, I was the only child, so I didn't, um, I didn't necessarily want that for my son, and he kind of has the best of both worlds, where he is somewhat of an only child, but then also he has people that he's growing up with that are his brothers, you know, that he has that type of bond forever. All right. That's dope. How how, how yeah. has it been raising a son, and how I don't know how involved his dad is with and if you guys kind of trade off or, or what that. Well, his his dad doesn't live here, so okay. you know, um, my you know, my fiance is is been in his life since he's super young, since he's six. So okay. he's, I, I'm not alone in it. You know, I have help, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like you know. He, you, it's still, you know, I'm a woman and he's the boy. He, he, luckily, he's got great men around, role models, you know, stepdads, uncles, godfather, you know, Pekas is his godfather. And every time I'm like, I got to talk to him about this, you know, he's, he's there. And he just, um, you know, he's good like that. But, you know, for, for me, it's, it's, you know, my son just went, to, he's going to kill me if he has this, but he just went from a, um, he was at an all-boys school, which I was so happy about. And then he, he hated it and wanted to transfer. And now he's at a, a, a school where there are girls. And the girls are everywhere. And I am, like, I am dying. Like, dying. Like, I'm, I'm that mother that's like, no, no girl's ever going to be good enough for my team. I'm definitely for sure. Um, so that's, you know, for me, as raising a boy, that's... that's you know, that's challenging. And then, you know, the difference. Like, I talk about this with my friends, too. It's like, raising girls, there are certain type of worries you have to have. You know, you, mm-hmm. there are certain types of things that you that scare you about things that could happen to girls, you know. But with boys, there's other, there's other things that are scary. I mean, do you have boys? Do you guys have boys or girls? Or both? I have, both. I have a boy. Yeah, Manny's got both, yeah. But they're all really young, right? Yeah, I have a twelve-year-old girl, five-year-old boy, and a two-year-old girl. I got a, I got a six-year-old, oh, well, six-year-old boy. Oh, and I have a toddler. Girl, she's getting, she's getting close to having some. You're gonna have to have some real conversations with her if you haven't Yo, already, right? Andrew, let me tell you, I so I've been talking about this throughout the podcast. I'm very fearful of what's to come, and and she's a good girl. Like she's not loose or hot in the ass or nothing like that, but. Yo, it's right. just everything around, you know, is very... And then just the hormonal like, shit. The hormonal shit, but then also it's like, you know, every there's plenty of good kids that make one bad decision, and yeah. then right. that's it. Yep. That bad decision becomes a big part of their life forever. And so it's like, it's scary. You know, you have a good kid, but that doesn't mean you could just like, you know, put your legs up and chill and let them right. just coast. You can never coast. Like, the parenting never stops. Like, it never stops. Even though your kid is on the right track, your kid's doing good in school, communicates, you know, has good morals, good It's like it's one bad mistake from one bad influence or one misstep or misjudgment. And that's the horrifying part about being a parent. It's like that's the... You, you worry. You agonize it's so about funny. that. Agonize. The crazy yep. thing is I, I wrote about that. I, I talk about when my, my, in my book when my, my son was first born. I used to go in the middle of the night and I used to like touch his chest to make sure he was still breathing because <laughs> yeah. I would be so scared. Yeah. Like, is he still breathing? And that was like new mom. Like, you know, I'm even afraid. Is I doing anything wrong? Is he sleeping right? All this thing. And then I was like, man, I can't wait till this period is over. I can't, this, this fear is like, I can't live with this. Like, when does this period pass? And then one day I woke up and I was like, holy shit. It's never going to go away. Yes. (laughs) For the rest of my life, I'm going to be so, I have somebody to worry about and be like, and I really had like, that really messed me up because nobody prepared me for that. Like they tell you about all these other things to be prepared for, which with being a parent, but like nobody warned me that you have somebody to worry about for the rest of your life. Like I, it really, I don't know for some reason that really, like it's terrifying. It is terrifying. It's yeah. terrifying, but I didn't think, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that until it actually happened. And now, you know, then they get older and you come, you, you know, you have calm pockets, but there's still, you're always worried. It's always just the changes, the things you worry about change as they get older. And so, yeah, if your girl's 12, you know, 
hormones, body's gonna change, the boys are gonna chill, start chill. coming can around. We, no, yeah. no, can we talk about Man, something else? Manny has an issue. Manny can't even talk about menstruation or anything. It, it no. bugs him out. Manny, you Manny, gotta get over that, brother. About? Nah, yo, my, my daughter you the other day. Get over it. She she had a, a pad that fell out of her bag, right? And it, it fell in front of me. And and she looked at me like terrified. And I, I looked at her like, oh shit, she f- recognizes that I'm deathly afraid of even talking about this shit. So I played it, I played Aww. it smooth. I played it smooth. I was like, you know, I went and grabbed it. I was like, yo, here, put this away. And she looked at me like, you're not, you're not gonna go while out. And I was like, nah, I just, you could talk to me about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, you turned white. <laughs> my heart beating out of my motherfucking chest. But I'm like, wait a minute. Did she have it? Did she have it because she's preparing, or she has it because she got it already? No, I see. I don't know. He doesn't want to even what? know. I don't, I don't. I don't believe she has. What do you mean you don't know? All right, Angie. School. School, school Angie. Talk to her about it? Angie, it's very. It's very weird. <laughs> this is why we need mothers on this podcast. <laughs> Oh. Well, welcome to fatherhood. Like, what do you mean it's weird? Of course it's weird, but what's the alternative? The Not- alternative is your little girl thinking something's wrong with her, it or something bad is with her body right. or, or something shameful. Like, it's it's right. part of becoming a woman, and she needs to know what that means. And I'm sure her mom has talked to her. Yeah, no. Yes? Uh, my wife is very good about it. I, and she, you All know, right, I'm- so then you're good. I, that's why, but see, I don't, I don't want to just leave it up to my wife, you know, because going through this podcast, like I'm, I'm mustering up the courage to like, you know, address it and be a part of it, but from a distance, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, but, but, but if you're lucky, because if she has two parents in her life and she's lucky because her mom can handle that and then you can handle things about talking about when you were a boy that age and, right. and what, and you know, you can, I don't, I don't think every, I don't, if you're lucky, if you're fortunate enough to have two parents in your life, I don't think you know, you, you have to do everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't, you could be, you could be the other side of something and that's, that's fine. I mean, you don't want to freak her out either, but if you were the only parent, then that would be a different story. And uh, I would I be would, lecturing you right now. I, I wouldn't have a, <laughs> no, I would have been, I would have been telling you everything but about it right you now. You do got to get over being so squeamish about it, man. Cause I do, I do. I will. I will. You're setting the tone for her. You're setting the tone for her about how she should feel about it. Right. That, that's, that's, I mean, you're that episode, the episode I just mentioned, like that, really made it really real for me because I saw her panic face and I was like, "Oh shit, I can't, I can't even do this shit no more. I gotta really like man up." So I will. Well, more than even about the period, it's like now, and I, and I'm sorry that this is gonna disturb you, but <laughs> if she has her period, she can get pregnant. Yeah. God damn. It. <laughs> I thought we were talking Thank about God, my, I have a baby girl and I don't have to do that for a long time. <laughs> Go ahead, Angie. But you have to but this is the reality of, of life. It's like of course we nobody wants that and God forbid and whatever, but she needs to know that that is a function that her body is capable of. You know what I'm saying? Like she has to understand what all that means and it's time. No, nah, she. She's, that's my I, opinion. I mean, you know, everybody has different opinions. Nah, that's my opinion. It's like, that's, no, that's not opinion. That's a fact. These things you're saying are facts, and I agree. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's a fact that you should be talking to her about it, because oh. also, you know what the thing is? Everything's on the internet. Yeah. You can't hide things from your kids no more. Like, they're going to find out anything they want to find out. And I think to get information from you, because you're the one that's giving it with love and it's giving it with good intentions and giving her the real story and the, you know what I mean? On the internet, who knows what she's going to, what she's going to find. Yeah. I don't know. No, you, you're right. Sorry. I don't know how this became a lecture. Maybe. That's <laughs> no, good. Oh, no, man, you need to hear this. <laughs> I do. I really do. I'm not even mad. Like this is really helping me. Even though I'm cringy. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad that this time I could do that. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> Since we're talking about roles a little bit, what's what's from a mom's perspective? Like, what do you think makes a, a good father, and the kind of things that that a mom looks for a dad to do? I mean, and this is kind of subjective, but you know, just curious from your perspective. Yeah, you know, I think it's I, I think it varies on the kids, and that's one thing I learned. Like, different kids need different things. Like, you really just have to listen to your kid and pay attention to your kid because I think. 
some people need to be fathered one way and some people need to be fathered differently. And it's like, if it's your kid, you just got to pay attention to what they're responding to. You know what I'm saying? Like one parenting style doesn't work for every kid. Right. Like you, you can't, you can't do the same thing. You know, some kids need some tough love, man. Some kids need somebody to hear them. You know, somebody, some kids need to, a, a place to feel comfortable to be able to talk. You know, it's like, you really got to listen to your kids and get to know your kids and spend time. You know what I mean? It's like time. <laughs> time is everything and listening and waiting and paying attention to the details. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, you got to know who your kid is. You got to know who they are as human beings and as people. And even though they're little, they're still people. Mm-hmm. They're still processing the world, right. their perspective, with their own feelings and their own thoughts. And you can help guide them if you get to know them. So it's like, it's like a fine line between. So I think with fathers especially, and I think fathers with boys can be tricky because... You know, it's like women and girls. Like, you look at them and you want to make them little yous. Mm-hmm. Like, little you. But, right. yeah. And when they respond, and when they're doing something that's different than you would do, sometimes you might react harshly. But the truth is, they might not be like you in that way. <laughs> might have a different, just a different demeanor, a different calling. A di- you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, I just really think... I think that's for fathers and mothers. I don't know if that really answers your questions, but I really think paying attention to who your kids are becoming and, of course, guiding them and help sh- helping to shape them, but giving them enough space to also feel free to a, to a certain extent, if that makes sense. What What was discipline like in, in your household? Did the chancleta come out? Only a couple of times. <laughs> like, maybe literally I could count on one hand, and it was... You know, I could count it on one hand, but when it happened, it, it rocked me. Like, I was like, okay, God, it won't do that anymore. <laughs> like, I, really, I was really like, I was, so, you know, I was like the type of kid that my mother, my mother was a single mother. You know, she meant, she was serious business. If she said something, she meant it. She was, you know, she worked hard. I'm like that. You know, if I say something, I mean it. And I never really have to hit my kid either because he, he knows I mean what I, you know what I mean? I, it's like, there's a certain level of like, he doesn't want to disappoint me. I didn't want to disappoint my mother. So if she was mad at me or just talked to me sternly, like, that would be enough to make me cry. Like, I didn't even need that. But, you know, as I get older and you start pushing the envelope, it was a couple times I had to catch one. She popped <laughs> me in my lip. And I was eating. I remember, I'll never forget, I was mad. I'm not crazy. She didn't, like, punch me. She, like, popped me. Like, popped me, but in my lip. But I happened to be eating something. I was eating, I never forget, it was a Chips Ahoy cookie. I was eating a little Chips Ahoy cookie. And she was like, lightly, but like, watch your mouth type of thing, like, popped me in my lip. But because of the way she caught me, it started to, my mouth started to bleed. <laughs> and my mother was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, she felt so bad because I was bleeding so bad. But I knew inside, I was like, she really, you know, how she caught me. Oh, it's the blood. Did, did you milk it? I think did you milk the moment? Yeah, hell I yeah. I totally milked the moment. But I also realized in that moment that my mother doesn't really want to hurt me. Like, she... Right. It's like, I really... And I was young, but I remember thinking, oh, she she feels so bad. Like, she doesn't want to hit me. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just remember, I remember that. But then, you know, as I got older and I was a teenager, I was crazy. I was out of control. So she definitely had to pop me a couple of times. And one time was real bad. And then... That was it. And then I kind of got my shit together. Did, <laughs> After that, did, I was like, okay, did, I'm good. Did uh, your, so like just staying on discipline for a second, did the discipline that you received throughout your childhood and, you know, teen years, did, did those, do those experiences somehow translate into how you discipline your child? Totally. Because I, I think, you know, I think, I think a kid needs to be a little bit scared of you. And know that you don't you're not playing with them when it comes to something serious. But also, I think part of growing up and learning is like understanding things. And so I, I do the same thing. Like I'll tell him, like that was really whack what you did. Let me tell you why. Like um, you should you should feel you know what? Like I feel like conversation and communication. Like kids are smarter, and then we give them credit for. Right. Like they could process that type of disappointment or expectation, you know, sometimes it might not click right away, but 
I'm a communicator, right? So I I, I prefer to, I prefer that. Like I'll hit my kid. I probably maybe when he was little when he tried to throw a tantrum, I probably popped him a couple of times once or twice just to be like, mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> but for the most part. <laughs> You never I, shook the I, shit I, out I, of your son? <laughs> Grab him by the ear. Um, no, I mean, no, I'm just a couple of sharp pops in the last week wasn't expecting it. When he was little. You know, he's little. They I know, exactly. You, you sweep the we leg. Were the <laughs> we were in a bookstore one time. He was mad little. We were at the uh, Barnes & Noble. He wanted some trains, some Thomas the Train trains, oh, little yeah. trains. And he had every one already. He had a ton of them. I was, like, I was like, no, you're not. We're not doing that today. And he started having a fit in the, in the store. He lived like a couple blocks away. I dragged him out the store. And he's kicking and screaming the whole way. But he's little. You know, he's five. I don't know, four or five. Kicking and screaming out the store. I let this little boy have it. And, I mean, not crazy, but like I never hit him. So the fact that I would even pop him on his leg like that, he's so stuck. <laughs> that he just... That was the one... Like, literally... You know when you talk about kids had the temp- temper tantrum phase? Like, he had one. Yeah. We handled that, and it was over. <laughs> like, I literally, wow. he, never did it, he never did it again. Like, he, I stuck to know, I dragged him out. So I'm not saying that was for every kid. But for my kid, I think he knew it was out of character for me. I think he knew I wasn't playing with him. And we really didn't have that type of thing again. Like, a temper tantrum like that. That was, like, the one time. That's dope. I, I mean, can't, I can't say I mean, he didn't know we... Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every kid's different. I have guy kids. I have, I, you know, I get it. Kids, all kids are different. It doesn't mean one's better than the other. It's just how they're processing things. And just like, so one kid probably needs a little more discipline than the other. Yeah. Does he, you know I mean? does he know who you are and what you do just in terms of, of music and entertainment at this point? He's 15, right? Oh, yeah. He's 15. He, he uses me. He wants to come to work with me when, like, somebody <laughs> cares about it. my dad. <laughs> He brought, he came with me the other day to Gunner. I had Gunner on my show, and he wanted to come meet Gunner. Mm-hmm. And I think before that was Quavo. When Quavo came, he wanted to come up and meet Quavo. Oh no, he's he. By the way, my son is up, is up on the stuff before waiting for me. Mm-hmm. He is like he's on it. He's like he puts me on to who's who and what's what, and you know. I mean, you know, I try to stay up on everything too, but like he's way early. Have um, you? How have you tried to? I mean, have you? I mean, with him growing up, have you tried to filter content, lyrics? I mean, we've been having this debate and every almost every week of like, you know, just... Really? How, how, yeah, yeah, just like kind of how do we, especially with younger kids, like, I mean, do we censor some of the songs? Do we let them hear it all and then explain? I mean, I don't know. How, how, did, how did you... Yeah, we go back and forth about it. Yeah. <clears throat> It's crazy because my my uh, fiance he's like that. Every time like we'll play, dirt, we will play dirty words in the car. He'd be like, "Great, mother, he called me mother of the year, boy." <laughs> so the worst, the worst language. <laughs> like, look at your mother. You know, playing the terrible language. But I was language doesn't bother me. I feel like they're gonna hear it anyway, and I feel like. Uh, it really doesn't bother me. Like sometimes, if it's a super sexual content, um, if they're really young, then I try to you know be careful with that. But I feel like it's just language, and they're gonna hear it everywhere. They they watch YouTube videos all day. Like it's all over the place. So hiding from it, it's just like I don't know. That's just me, and I know every parent is different, and I, and that's not to say it's the right way. But for me, language it just doesn't bother me. Have sometimes you, content, sometimes super sexual content. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it could be like, ugh, turn it off. Or have, go put, it, put the clean version on. Have you had to sit down but, and talk context with them at all? Just like, so for instance, if there's songs where it's about drug use and there's a lot of that these days, I mean, have you had to kind of explain to him, hey, this is the this is what they're talking about in the song and this is reality. Or is he explaining it to you? Yeah, sometimes he'll tell me, he'll play me songs. He, he was playing me, what were we listening to recently? And he came in early with something. Oh, what's the, um, oh God, I'm going to black out. Some, somebody who just wrote a song about killing somebody. And then he got arrested for, oh, um, for, you know who I'm talking about? 
Yeah, I do, but I, the name doesn't come to mind right yeah. now. But I know it's exactly. Not coming to me, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we're talking. We're talking about that, and I'm like, and I talked to him honestly. I'm like, first of all, it's so stupid that he would do that because, you know, wait, you're telling on yourself. You <laughs> like, snitch on yourself. So. Yeah. And that, and also, it doesn't mean just because he said in the song doesn't mean it's true. It's like he could just be telling a story, which is what a lot of people do. But we've had. I feel like I started talking to my son about drugs and things like that very, very, very early. Like, if we see something on TV or if we see, um, you know, somebody we knew, you know, that was not doing well. I, I was always very honest. Like, you know, sometimes people get on drugs early and that messes them, them up because it takes a long time if you're lucky enough to, you know, we, we would just have conversations about drugs very early. So by the time now, I think, he knows what it is. He knows the repercussions. I pray to God that he doesn't make bad choices in life. And I think, you know, especially teenagers, they're always going to be presented with options. You can't control all of that. I mean, but you can just give them the information, right? And pray to God that they make good choices. That's all you can do. Give them the information. Pray to God they make good choices. And, and continue to give them information all the time. Remind them of the information, you know what I'm saying, like, all the time. And I started that really early. So now by the time he's a teenager and we're listening to this type of music, I don't feel like, oh, God, he's hearing them talk about, you know, and he sees it, by the way. He was a big XXX um Tentacion. Tentacion. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, he's a, and there was a lot of talks about that, and he saw some of his struggles with that. I mean, um, I think, and you know, we've had conversations about it and I think he, I think he sees it. I think hmm. he thinks, you know, he sees it, he sees the repercussions and I pray that's enough for him to make good decisions. You know what I mean? With conversations and information and then, and then that type of thing. Um, How do you, so, so he's 15 and a co-ex? I know XXX was, was murdered, but yeah. I feel yeah. like there was some drug conversations we had about him, too. I'm trying to think if that's the person we were talking about. Because him and I had been talking about one of his rappers, but I think it was him. Well, it might have been, might have been um, Lil Peep, also. He he, he had tried to yeah, die of that Lil overdose. Peep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That wasn't who we were talking about. But I, but I think it was early on in XXX. Yeah, I think he and was tied to like some drug abuse early in his career or something like that. Yeah, I believe that was one of the one of them that initiated the conversation. And if not, don't worry, because we we don't really hold people to facts here. We just say it might have yeah, been. Yeah, thank you. Because you know, I'm on my home again on long day. I was furniture shopping. I had a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so Angie, your son is 15. He goes to a co-ed mm-hmm. school. What? Mm-hmm. How, and you said you've been having conversations, but I want to get specific sexual oh conversation i know that's a concern how and i know you got a lot of people that you throw at him i'm sure that you know help him understand certain cir- circumstances and repercussions how is that mm-hmm. going how are you how how have you approached it well let me just say this with all i say all my kids because i really i have a i have i'm really lucky to have a village right so whether it's like nico my son's name is nico whether it's nico or it's, or it's like one of the other boys and, and me and, you know, one of their mothers are having the conversations about how do we handle this. Yeah. Like, it's like, becomes like a village thing. So it's any of the boys. You know, Nico's brother is in college right now. He just left this year to go to college. So, you know, there's been some really specific, detailed conversations that we've had with him. Uh, and we had to. We were, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And now that's made him comfortable to have the conversations back. Sometimes a little too comfortable. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? Um, but, but he's, he's really, you know, he's really comfortable. Um, but you, would you prefer not, not to know? Or are you, I mean, do you prefer that they're even willing to share? I would prefer, I would prefer to trust that the, to the, that the men in their lives but I, you know, are having those conversations, and I also will have those conversations. I do think if you have a boy, mm. there's certain conversations that you have to have differently from a girl. I think boy and girl, you need to have every you need. If whether you have a boy or a girl, you have you need to make sure your kids know about every possible sexual transmitted disease that they could get. Like literally, 
you can get this and this is what happens to you. If you get this, you'll have this forever and this is what happens to you. You can get this and maybe you want some pictures to go along with it. And then this will, will be with you for the rest of your life. This could actually kill you. This, like, I think kids need to know what that is. Point blank. It doesn't take that long. It sounds like a lot, but literally you could run them down real quick. So like, scared straight. Things that could happen. No, it's not scared. It's real. It's I mean, real. you got to scare them, though, with, with reality, though. Yeah, but it's what it is. It's like, okay, when you're ready, you know, number one, there has to be condoms all before you're ready. Right. You should just have condoms and know how just, to use condoms. Just practice. boys and girls. Boys and girls should have condoms and know how to use condoms. Right. And they should know every single transmitted disease you can get. You have to know that. Then after that, then it's like relationship things. It's like, you know, for, for boys, for girls, you know, putting yourself in certain situations and being safe and, and making sure, you know, you're not sending naked pictures of yourself to boys because <laughs> even though you think you love him, he has a hundred friends. Yo, for real. Even two best friends. Yeah. Like, you girls need to know that at a very young age. And I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to like this. At, at age of like 12, like, you need to know this. Like, you need to know that type of thing. Because a young girl, you a young girl, you gotta have that phone, man. Yeah, no, you have to, man. My, you my take, boy, and I, gotta take that I phone every night, yo. <laughs> he found his twelve-year-old's iPad with naked pictures. So, chill, oh, son. Yeah, dude. It it takes two seconds in a moment of anything for a little girl to get a picture of her taken. That should be everywhere. And a boy too, by the way. A boy too. Yeah. And with boys. And with boys, you have to make sure you talk to them about the fact that it's like if you have a little girl, right, and she gets pregnant, or a teenage girl, and she gets pregnant. It sucks. <laughs> but she has yeah. choices. You know, she has choices. A teenage boy if gets a little girl pregnant. He doesn't have any choices. Mm-hmm. The choice is hers right. to make. Mm-hmm. But, but, but what happens? I mean, I'm being very honest, but you know what I mean? So oh, yeah, it's like it's a different different conversations you have to have with little boys, and also little boys have to be careful because they dealing with all types of body and physical things and things they might want to be doing. They got to make sure that the girl is on board. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Like fully on board, no confusion, no too much alcohol, and tomorrow says she didn't mean to. Like none of none of that. Yep. Understand what no means, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And also really making sure that, you know, that the girl is comfortable and, and, and agreeing and all of that. I mean, you know, high school, college, all those years, it's like, it could be tricky for boys and hormones and, and thinking that she means yes and she's uncomfortable and pushing it a little and that could end badly. We've actually, you know what I mean? We've we've actually started telling our son, our six-year-old about no, I mean not necessarily in sexual, but it's just like yo, when especially in a girl, when they say no and stop and don't touch or leave me alone, you gotta like yo, you yeah. gotta listen to that. Or when you get older, you're gonna go to jail for, for that. Kind oh of shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told him, I told him that. <laughs> Take him to the jail next yeah. time, okay? Why don't you? <laughs> yeah, but but he, yeah, you know, I he realizes it. Scare the hell out of them. Yep. It's yep. <laughs> it's a real tactic. No, but it's true because you can have a good kid and, you know, it, it, it can be some type of misunderstanding and she takes it one way. Or, who knows? And then all of a sudden they're in a terrible position. Mm-hmm. Like, I fear for that for boys. You know, I have, I have a lot of boys around me. And, sure. you know, I, I fear for that for boys. It's like, I mean, you know, you fear for girls too for different reasons, but on both sides, it's like an accusation, even if it's not. Oh, you're done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're done. Accusation alone, yeah. You're done. Court of public opinion, you're done. You don't even want to leave room for an accusation. There's no room for any of that. There's no room or space for it. Yep. So that's you know the clarity that that teenagers have to have. That's what I'm saying. Like you worry about little things with six year olds, but then the the worries the worry never ends. (laughs) The parenting worries never end. Gross. And teenagers, you have different you have different worries, and then. They go off to college, you have different worries. Anyway, to say, I tell you all I have to say, well, as parents, like, was it just have stress for the rest of our lives? That's, <laughs> scared the shit out of me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
So, so Angie, what what would you say you see out there? Yeah. And I'm I'm curious because I know you you just mentioned like you know you have this village of friends and and the mothers of some of the you know the the God's kids that you have. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say is the area where you see us fathers fucking up the most? Um, I think. Maybe wanting your boy to be just like you or to live out the thing. I watched so many, you know, my kid plays ball. Mm. He played baseball for, for when he was really young. And he played basketball for a really long time. And sometimes you see the dads out there pushing their kids to be them or the thing they want to do. I watch, I watch fathers like beat the hell out of their kids because he's not playing well at basketball. And I'm looking at the kid and I'm like, that kid don't even like playing basketball. Like, mm. So I think sometimes dads, they try to make their sons them. And I think that's wrong. That's not the, you know, that's not, that's not how you raise your kid to be the best version of themselves. I mean, sure, you want, that's great if they do, but you can't force that on your kids. And also just being present. We're all on our phones all day. We're like, it's like your kid needs like full attention sometimes, not just like a little piece of attention. Um... And it's hard because we all got to work. You know, we all run around doing mad things. But, you know, sometimes it's like just shutting down and being present with your kids, I think, goes a long way. Does does your son have any aspirations for being in the music business? No, my son wants to play basketball forever. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For life. (laughs) Forever and ever. That's what he wants to play kids about right now. And he's really good. He's really, really good. so I encourage it, and you know, he he works really hard at it, and that's that's his passion right now. And I like, I always tell him like, oh, if you're passionate about it, great, let's go, I support you. But so just you, be open to the fact that the passions might change. Like you might be passionate about something else in two years, and then we'll explore that. But like, I definitely am about like if you're passionate about it, then I support it. Okay, so you wouldn't have been against him wanting to be in the music industry. No, I but no, I'm always trying to get my kid to pick up an instrument or do something because he has an amazing voice and he just refuses to like go down that road. He's just like not into it right now. So I'm not gonna force it. He does right. DJ a little bit, you know, like he, he took some DJ lessons and he was doing that for a little bit. But even then he did it a little bit, he kinda played with it and he left it alone. So I didn't force it. I was into it. I was like, Oh man, you wanna DJ? This is great <laughs> But then I saw him not really he wasn't really passionate about it, so I just I left it alone. I didn't push my thing on him. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have loved for him to be a dope DJ and making money at sixteen doing a party. You know what I'm saying? Like a nice little side, sixteen, seventeen year old side hustle. That's great. But um but you know, he didn't he wasn't into it. But for basketball, he get up in the morning, he shoot hoots, go to the gym and go to the gym after basketball practice, like he's Oh he's about into it. it. Damn. That sounds like my yeah, life no, that I wanted. <laughs> so I have to, you know, so I have to, so I support that. I support that. And if it changes, if like next year, he's like, you know, he wants to play college ball. Um, and so, but if it changes, then as long as he's, you know, working hard and passionate and then, you know, I'm with it. I think that's the thing we do, you know, it's like you got to let them find their own, their way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's the best way. Even though it's challenging, but it sounds like you're doing the, you know, a good a job as any. Because I'm I'm big into basketball, and I push my daughter all the time. But I don't see her. She she says she loves it, but recently I haven't seen her put the work in. So I'm kind of like backing off. Like yo, yo, you gotta figure it out. If you want to do this shit, you gotta put the work in, or else we're not really gonna keep investing the time. And she's trying to figure that out now. Yeah, make sure she's not doing it because she's afraid to disappoint you. Right. No, I, we. That's she clear. Sees, yeah, she probably yeah. sees how excited you get when she's doing it, and she doesn't want to disappoint you. Right. So she's like, Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying. No, no, no. You're right. Just be careful of that. But also, you know, things change. My son was passionate about baseball when he was younger. He played little league, and it was, you know, he wanted to be Derek Jeter, and then all of a sudden it switched to basketball. And so then, then it was that. And, you know, they're going to change all the time. But as long as they're, listen, man, if your kid is passionate about something, that's great. That's <laughs> all you could want for your child. Yeah. It's all you could want because it's like, 
it's hard to find that there's grown people walking around right now that are not passionate about nothing. Yeah. So if you got if, if your kid is passionate about something like you, you, they might have a gift, they might it might not be in the way they think it is right now, but I always tell my son, okay, maybe you won't play in the NBA, but maybe you'll be a sports announcer, or maybe you'll be in sports right. medicine, or so. But keep chasing something it. related. Keep yeah. See how far, see how far it takes you. See which, which direction you want to be. Let's go. You love it. Let's go. I'm with you. So it's like you know, you don't. If your kid is passionate about something, that's great. You don't want to like not support that. So you gotta keep, but you gotta keep trying different things too. They find stuff. You know what I mean? And if you're busy pushing your own agenda, you might miss. Yeah, something else. Living, living yeah, vicariously you know. through your kids. Yeah, keep trying <laughs> stuff. That's the beauty of kids. They don't got no job. They got time. They could do. They could try mad things. Right. Like, put your kids in different things. You Definitely. know, whatever it is. Well, my daughter got a toddler things. DJ set now, so I'm hoping. <laughs> there you go. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 my fingers are crossed for you. I like it. <laughs> Maybe it'll work out. It didn't work out for me, but you know, maybe it'll work out for you. <laughs> Angie, um, I want to ask you just one final thing before before we wrap, and it's unrelated to fatherhood, but I'm curious. In real life podcasts, is that coming back? You have to talk to Miss Info. God damn the it. Problem- I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I have to put it on her. That's my girl, and I love her to death. But me and Info, as much as we love each other, we can't even schedule lunch. Like, we just cannot yeah. get together. Like, we both have kids. We both have full plates. And it's like, it's just, it really, it was only about the scheduling to get it done. And yeah. so, but people have been asking, and I, and, I, and I love doing it. I think, you know, it was fun, and it was different. Just like a different conversation that I could have that I don't necessarily have all the time, like on the air or anything. So, I would love to. It's just, you know, how to make that work. We don't live near each other. Like it's, it was all hard. <laughs> like the times that worked for her didn't work for me. It just was like, it was really hard to get that done. So that's the only thing. But but you know, if, if, one, one if day, that, yeah, who knows? <laughs> something something will click. People have been asking in the past couple of weeks, so I'm gonna call. Them. Yeah, yeah, I should get in there. I mean, it was it was dope. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've been, I've been, it's been on my mind. So now you just push me. I'm going to hit it tomorrow. There you go. And and you know what? If you want to mention you got re-inspired after a conversation on the Fatherhoods podcast, you know, (laughs) we're not going to care about that. Go for it. Oh, man, you, you just cut out. And I thought you had some gold. She just told us the keys. I said I believe in and you can announce it on Drink Champs when you're here drinking <laughs> yeah, with right. us. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's person. do it. All right. Well, Angie, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we uh, appreciate you have it. Open, Thank you very much. Open invitation. If you ever want to talk about kids, fathers, motherhood. You just want to vent. Yeah, we here. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Definitely I, I had a good time. I love I love I love what you guys are doing. I think it's a great idea for a podcast. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks, Ange. All right, guys. All right. Great night. Later, Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. 